Hello, everyone. This is Zach and Jess Hi. from La Familia Ayahuasca, starting our first podcast of 2020. Woohoo! Woo it's been uh, a wonderful 2019. We're excited about 2020, and we are really happy to. Uh, bring in this this new year with a, a podcast that I'm surprised we haven't done before. Yeah, it's pretty pretty straightforward, basic stuff that people want to know. <laughs> um, so, do you want to tell us uh, what this this podcast is going to be about? Yeah, we're going to be going into the top ten concerns people have when they're coming to an ayahuasca retreat for the first time, and sometimes for second and third times. I mean, these are concerns that everyone has generally going in. Yeah, yeah. And to give you, if you're new to us, um, to give you some perspective, we have, we've, we've been to a rodeo, this, this ayahuasca ceremony rodeo a few times. Um, uh, we've probably worked with a couple thousand people by now. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with uh, ayahuasca in a facilitator context for about 10 years now, Jess now almost five years. Almost five years. And so we, we, we definitely have a, a decent sample set. And while these top 10 concerns are not, um, they're not, uh, you know, a, a study, a scientific study per se, we, we certainly uh, have a lot of um, experience uh, talking with people who are new to working with ayahuasca. And that's where this list of top 10 uh, has come from. We you know, put these in uh, an order where the most interesting is at the end, of course, um, <laughs> which is, is still probably not necessarily true for everyone. So um, do you want to start us off, Jess, with what's what's the number 10 on the list of top 10 concerns we come across in terms of people who are looking at uh, ayahuasca? Overdose. Ah. Overdose. People are afraid that they might take too much ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah. Which is a fair fair uh, question because ayahuasca has the um, association with being a drug while we view it as a sacrament and as a medicine. I think most mainstream society will would look at ayahuasca as a quote-unquote drug, a psychedelic. And really, it would be exceptionally difficult to overdose, right? What, what exactly is the, the limit for a physical, a physical overdose? Right. It's, it's, it doesn't become toxic, uh, if I remember correctly, into like one and a half liters or something like that. It's some crazy amount be, before your body just totally shuts down. Right. And you would never be able to drink that much. Exactly. I mean, your body would purge it immediately. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the cool things about ayahuasca, too. If you... If you've taken more medicine than your body needs, you will purge it up pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the worst thing that can really happen is you have a more intense and longer experience than you had hoped for. Um, but that uh, is a very temporary thing. Um, you know, the, the, sometimes we do have people who, um, when we have group circle, after the night after ceremony uh and they've had a very very intense night and they're like oh my god it was too much it was too much uh, we always like to point out like hey 
it's not re it wasn't really too much i mean sure it was more than you wanted the experience was more intense than you wanted uh and you are here now and you're lucid now and um everything's fine and then they're like oh right okay not to say that we're gonna re try to repeat that same <laughs> intensity the next night um but rather that you know they're, they're, it's really <clears throat> ayahuasca for as long as you are a healthy uh, physically healthy and mentally healthy person, um, it's very safe, very, very safe. In fact, there, there are a couple of studies out of, uh, one out of Brazil, long-term study out of Brazil, and also a long-term study out of uh, Spain. The, this, the one out of Spain is going, it's ongoing, and it's probably in its 15th or 16th year, and the guy's just like, yeah, ayahuasca is, is actually helpful and beneficial for people, so, uh, but getting back to that that question of overdose, it would be really, really difficult to overdose. Um, you may have and to very do expensive. <laughs> very expensive. <laughs> uh, you may have to like intravenously uh, deliver the medicine somehow for that to actually happen. I think you're. It, there's an interesting thing that happens. Your body and ayahuasca kind of talk to each other, <clears throat> such that if you drink too much, it will. It almost immediately cause you to purge. Um, we have people who have done that. They'll they'll have their first the the dose with everyone else at the beginning of ceremony, and then uh, when we have what we call second call, they come up and they'll have a little bit more, and then immediately go back and throw it up. Um, they'll go back to their place in the circle and they'll they'll end up throwing it up. So that, the concern around overdoses is one that one should not have um, because it's it's it, it just would be extremely difficult to do yes and on the point of dosage too um, we have some intuition about what your dosage needs to be and we adjust this night by night based on what your experience was and then at some point during the retreat kind of where you want to go we give you the autonomy to sort of decide I want a lighter night or I really want to go deep and you'll get a sense of how much medicine you need um, throughout the retreat yeah yeah cool all right well that's that's number 10 what's number nine on the list of big concerns people have authenticity mm. because we are gringo yeah gringo shamans <laughs> indeed, indeed um yeah and this is something I have covered in one, I think I have a video up uh, on YouTube and then in, we've got an ebook that if anyone's interested in a free ebook, um, you can find it on our website, ayahuascafamily.com. Uh, there's an ebook tab and it goes through the various types of uh, ayahuasca that's happening right now and and we we go through like we you have the indigenous full-on indigenous shamans that are people who uh, live the lifestyle uh, as they have for hundreds of years out in the jungle they wear traditional garb they speak um, their own language they don't speak spanish or if their spanish is their second language um and yes, that's the original. Um, that's the that's where it all started, and um, there's a benefit to that. And at the same time, it can be culturally pretty, could be some pretty big challenges in terms of relating to the shaman in that situation. Um, then the kind of the next uh, type 
of shaman out there are mestizo. Mestizo is a culture wherein the indigenous people have mixed with the uh, Europeans, the Spanish, and they have their own very rich shamanic culture that has been around for hundreds of years and is very much respected um, in those in countries like Peru and Colombia and so forth. And um, so they they speak Spanish as their first language. They um, live in more I don't want to say uh, Western villages, but more uh, uh, modernized. Modernized. There we go. Modernized villages, um, still developing world and so forth. And um, so th- these are the mestizo, and, and they're very much connected with the plants. It's just that their culture is is different than the indigenous, and um, and this is actually where our lineage comes from. Uh, we're from a mestizo lineage out of um, uh, out of Peru, uh, um, out of the Amazon basin, and out of this small village called Genaro Herrera, and that's where we come from. And so um, that I, you know, I personally studied down there with uh, Maestro Gumersino Galindo and his father Don Roldan uh, for four and a half years down in that context. And so they speak Spanish, so they're and they have a little more exposure to the Western world um, and modern modern world and so they're a little easier to relate with but they're still very very different culturally from from gringos from westerners um and so this is this leads into the kind of another group which is the gringo shamans who have gone down like myself who have gone down to the jungle spent a lot of time studying and have had a lot of direct experience with a uh, with a foundation in this traditional um, way of uh, working with ayahuasca, and then we bring in the ability to relate a little bit or quite a bit more with our guests because we speak the same language, and we also come from a culture wherein I mean, down in the jungle, their uh, quote unquote ailments. Uh, around stress and and and, and um, things that we, they struggle with are very different than than what we deal with in the modern um, West, and so this is where we add to the situation as gringo shamans is we have that relatability and we have, at the same time we still have that that foundation in um, the traditional uh, in our case mestizo uh, lineage, and you know so there 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 is something kind of lost in the sense we didn't grow up in that culture but there's something gained in the sense that we're bringing our own culture in and so therefore uh, we have more relatability and more understanding as to what's going on with the the western uh, participant than say someone who has grown up in the jungle yeah so both are all of these have value and so forth um, but uh, there are also the pros and cons so to speak we also have um the Brazilian churches, which have essentially brought in the, combined the indigenous culture with the Catholic church, wherein they essentially go to church and they use ayahuasca as a sacrament. This is the the Santo Daime and the Ineo de Vegetal, and there, there are a couple other versions of that coming out of Brazil. Um, and so that's its own little thing, uh, which also, again, has a lot of great things going on for it. And... Um, it has, particularly the Santo Daime has spread around the world, United de Vegetal as well, to a lesser extent. Uh, 
but it's 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 its own flavor, right? Very different. And then you have the yoga wasqueros. Uh, these are people who have very little training, if any training at all, um, and we we don't really have much to say about them. Um, <laughs> they don't have uh, a lineage. Uh, they may have had some experience down in South America. Um, you know, our view is that yes, it's entirely possible for someone to figure out how to work with ayahuasca effectively on their own without any training. Possible, highly unlikely. It's kind of that the the point oh five percent of the population who might be able to pull that off. Um, and so, you know, there and as you as you get further and further away from training from a traditional lineage and so forth, your authenticity goes down significantly. So, you know, our position is is that yeah, we we come from uh, an authentic lineage. We we continue to follow the foundational practices of the mestizo authentic uh, mestizo lineage. We also add some things. You know, we bring in stuff like gongs. We bring in stuff like singing bowls. Flute, sound healing. sound healing, all this, these other things, which we think are super, or we we don't think we we've seen, um, to be and have proven to be very additive to the process. Um, so you know, we we bring, we think the the best of, of both worlds. That said, you know, if one wants a truly authentic authentic experience, by all means, go to the jungle, uh, in the Amazon. One of the you know, whether it be Peru, Colombia, or Ecuador, or Brazil, what have you. Um, so and and it's a valid concern, right? Yeah. The authenticity. Um, so uh, take that answer for what it's worth. Yeah. Or that, that, what was that, number nine? Number nine. Number nine. Okay, what, yeah. what's, do, do you have anything else to add on that? Yeah, just to kind of wrap that up with a bow. Um, we have a very authentic connection to the jungle and a very authentic and beautiful connection with ayahuasca, the spirit herself. And so uh, authenticity is, it's there. Yeah. It's not, not to be, not yeah. to be a concern. Yeah, and it, it's something that cannot be faked. And so you as a listener or someone who's looking at uh, various retreats, that's part of what you need to check in with. How do you feel about how that retreat center or that curandero or that shaman is presenting themselves? And we're not going to resonate with everybody. We're, we're totally fine with that. And at the same time, we resonate with quite a few people, and we, we love the people who come see us. Yes. Yeah. Well, number eight, will I change? Will I become a different person after this experience? Ah. And the answer is yes. yes. We hope so. Yes and no, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the kind of the point. Yes. And I'm, I'm kind of the worst example because I used to work in, I used to be a stockbroker working in finance for like 10 years before I discovered ayahuasca. And it completely changed me. I'm no longer doing that kind of work, obviously. Um, but I, I, I can tell you from my experience that I am in the the tiniest of minorities in terms of people who decide to quit their careers and go off and become uh, ayahuasca facilitators. Um, you know, maybe a better answer to this question is you will become who you always really were. Yeah. And, and that might look different than the person then that you came in as but we're all looking for some kind of healing and some kind of change through this process and so yes we hope 
we hope that you get that. We're here to facilitate that. And we also say to people, uh, don't make any huge life decisions at least two weeks, um, if not a month after your yeah. after your retreat. Your brain is going to restructure itself in a lot of ways, yeah. and, and your energetic system is going to restructure itself in a lot of ways. And that's going to change the way you perceive your reality. It's going to change the way you interact with your reality. And so, yes, I mean, yes, prepare prepare for some change yeah yeah. i always like to say that you're going to become i think just touched on this you're going to become more of your true authentic self that is um all of us as human beings have uh, accumulated conditioning and um, learning through society family education and all that sort of thing we've accumulated a lot of bullshit that has blocked us gotten in the way of us being our true authentic selves and ayahuasca is an amazing tool on dropping a lot of that it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna solve everyone's problems it's not gonna you know shed everything in one retreat or even you know i've been doing it for 10 years and um i'm upwards around 1,200 to 1,500 ceremonies, fuzzy math with that. Um, and I'm still working on stuff. Uh, that said, I'm, I feel that I'm much more authentic, much more open, and much more open-hearted with the people around me. I still, I still get pissed off. I still get you know sad sometimes and, and upset and all that sort of thing. And on a relative basis, it, it, it's a huge improvement. And... Um, through authenticity, when we're authentic and we're open and we're connected with other people, we tend to get happier and more fulfilled. So if that is a change that you're looking for, then this this might be something to look at. Um, if that idea of becoming more your true self and more authentic self and more open-hearted sounds scary to you, maybe you're not ready for ayahuasca. And that's totally fine, too. Uh, maybe you're maybe you need to take smaller you know, baby baby steps like through meditation or uh, some other uh, practice that kind of eases you into this authenticity, this opening, and and so forth. Yeah. and there's also there's nothing wrong with with being scared of of big changes, and mm. and uh, if you're if you're willing to step up to the possibilities, uh, they are vast yeah. and beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's very true. All right. What's number seven? Seven. Duration. Uh-huh. This, this, is a, this is a really good one yeah. because, you know, a lot of people worry that, uh, that the experience is going on too long mm-hmm. uh, and that they've possibly possibly there's something wrong with them or they broke something right. yeah and everyone and before they go into the experience they're like well how long is it going to last yeah and it's like well eight to 12 hours but in some cases it can last upwards around to some extent upwards around 36 hours um in extreme cases and but most cases eight to 12 but that 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 whole question of wanting to know a specific okay if i'm not done in 12 hours something's wrong is is kind of a losing 
game. I'll hand it back over to you, Justin. Maybe if you're not done in 12 hours, something's really right. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just uh, tell a personal story here for my probably first 20 to 30 ceremonies. I would have an upfront experience during the ceremony, and I would kind of come down and, and be more present in the space. Then they would light the candles and start doing ventiadas, which is a which is a prayer or a cleaning that we do for each individual person at the end of ceremony. But the candles are on, and I would go on a completely separate, different second ceremony. I called it the double feature, double feature yeah. and I would be in it until long after the sun came up a lot of times. And I look back on that thinking, wow, that was really a blessing because I kind of got two ceremonies in one. I got to got to ramp up my experience really, really quickly. But I, I've found that that happens to a lot of people. We turn the candles on and then they go, whoosh, they're gone again. Yeah. Um, and it's really kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, and uh, the other thing that is, is worth noting is the more one resists the the process uh, that can you know a strange way extend it uh, and, and, and let me back let me back up a little bit here when we talk about eight to twelve hours as being kind of the standard um, range of of uh, duration for an ayahuasca experience keep in mind that the peak the quote unquote peak um, just generally an hour, maybe two hours, um, and we're we're speaking generally here. So it's not like you're just totally dripping balls, <laughs> dripping balls for like a um, for that full eight to twelve hours. There, there's definitely a peak and a, and, and a come down. However, um, as one passes the peak, there it may still have the intensity uh, where one's just like I just want this to stop, kind of thing, um, and ironically the more one resists that that continued process the more difficult it is and it, it's kind of holding on to it in a way um, and the, what we talk about is ayahuasca is going through your your energetic and physical body and, and opening up blockages and the more you tense up and try to close things down she's just going oh shit this is the opposite of what needs to happen we need to open this shit back up (laughs) and so it's it's this this counterintuitive uh thing where where people will tense up and it will hold on to that duration a little bit longer whereas if one just started to relax and go oh well this is cool and just open up to it like okay this will end at some point um you know that the easier it gets i mean and to talk a little bit, um, there are times, very, very, very rare, where um, uh, the medicine will stick around for you know, into the next day, kind of thing. Um, that can happen, and in our experience, um, it does go away. It just it's, it just hangs out longer than than normal. And so, with those people, we either are like, hey. 
we need to, you know, you're, you're good with ayahuasca or um, it depends. We, we really do, uh, we want to make sure everyone's safe and we want to make sure that um, before giving them ayahuasca again, we want to make sure that um, everything is all, all, everything is clear, so to speak. Um, and it may be a situation where someone does two ceremonies and it's like, okay, the, 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 their last ceremony ended up <clears throat> being a lot longer and so we're not going to do anymore for, for a while and see, see how integration happens. Happens and maybe next retreat we can we can revisit that. Um, so you know we're really careful on that that sort of uh, situation. And again, it's super super rare. I think the main thing we need to know on this point, or that everyone needs to know on this point, is that it does end. Yes. It will end. Yes. It will. Mm-hmm. Number six, uh, losing control, being the entertainment for the night. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it, it can happen, and and again, it's <clears throat> this is something that is an item that most of most people, most human beings, want to be in as much control as possible, and have a really hard time in life when things, including myself, when things do not go our way or the way we think it should go. And um, ayahuasca is a wonderful, wonderful teacher on this point to really point out, in reality, we have control of pretty much fuck all, you know? (laughs) Um, We think we're in control. Yes, we can, definitely we can increase the chances of an end result, but it, anything can happen. I mean, we could, we're in the middle of this podcast Something could happen where this, po- you know, uh, a giant squall comes up and knocks, <laughs> or an earthquake, earthquake. comes, earthquake comes and knocks the whole house down. We don't finish this earth, this this podcast. We are not in control of this situation. We can increase the possibilities of a certain outcome, but we're not in control. And ayahuasca really takes us to that uh, to that edge of look, dude, or look, ma'am. What's the opposite? What's the female version of dude? I'll just stick with dude. Uh, look, dude, you, you're not in control. Um, and the more we get comfortable with our lack of control in life, the easier life becomes. And ayahuasca is a wonderful space to learn that lesson. It's a safe space to do so. Uh, it's a little scary uh, if, you, if one doesn't want to lose control. Uh, and guess what? Coming out the other end, you go through that, that loss of control and, and then relaxing, eventually relaxing into it because she's going to keep at it until you just essentially mm-hmm. surrender. Um, you re-enter life and suddenly things are not as crazy as you once thought they were and they're much easier to deal with. And I, this is this is a huge lesson ayahuasca provides for us. Yes. A good way to put that, I think, is that ayahuasca really teaches you that, that you never really did have control. Right. Right? And the control that you thought you had is really just resistance to what is happening. Yeah. What is? It's it's a futile fight to resist. The sun is shining. If I pissed off about the sun shining, that's ridiculous. It's your own problem. It's my own problem. Right. Yeah, I'm creating this problem. Um, so so this the the other side that that came to me as you were talking, uh, Jess, is that we are not in control. However, 
something is helping us survive life. We are being held by something and propelled by something. One could say the divine, one could say the universe, one could say God. Whatever word you want to say, it's, it's nice to know through this direct experience, and ayahuasca provides this direct experience, that even though uh, our perception is shit is hitting the fan, so to speak, we're coming through okay. Proof positive of we're both sitting here having this podcast, and you, as a listener, are listening to this podcast, and we've all had crazy shit happen in our lives, and we, we made it through. So, you know, there, there's some comfort in that. Well, the other side of this concern, too, I think, is, is people might be worried that they'll embarrass themselves somehow mm. in ceremony. Mm. And, um, you know, the space in, in ceremony is we do practice some sacred reverence and there is a lot of laughter and love. But it's a really safe space to heal or really lose control yeah. if you need to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and people do. And we hold space for that. And everyone who comes to the retreat holds space for that. And we love to see you let go. So um, it's not, you know, worrying about embarrassing yourself or doing something crazy during ceremony. For one thing, no matter what you do, we've probably seen crazier. (laughs) So don't worry about that. And and everyone in the room is is really cheering you on as you let go more and more. Yeah, it's it's really on that to take that a little further it's really amazing to see a group of in most cases strangers we, we do have a lot of repeat guests so we're you know it's uh, it's not everyone there that'll be strangers to us or to um each other but by the end of the retreat everybody's really tight it's there's something amazing about doing this kind of work uh in a group um, that is just uh, so powerful because people realize that, oh, wait a second, we're all going through this together. We, we all realize through this sort of process and through this sort of work, we all have shit to work on. We all realize <clears throat> that um, no one's got it figured out. We all realize that um, it, it's okay to throw up in front of someone it's okay to cry in front of someone all these amazing vulnerable direct experiences it's okay to be vulnerable in front of other people and in fact it's through that vulnerability that we find strength it's it's when we stuff that shit down and try to hide it that it actually uh, causes problems later and the ayahuasca ceremony retreat space is a place to learn how to be vulnerable and open again like we were when we were children originally yeah um, and it's, it's, it's fucking amazing. You know? Yes. Yeah. So number five is safety. And what we're, we're talking about there, safety physically and all that sort of thing. And I think, um, I start this off. There, there's a reason we cap our retreats at, um, 15 guests you know, with that 15 guests, so we have my, myself, Jess, and at least one other uh, high, uh, highly trained um, either student or um, uh, partner um, in, in ceremony. And that's so that if someone is going through a challenging time one way or the other, we can immediately um, 
take care of them and and we we have a way of uh, getting th- them through whatever they're they're going through um, th- th- that's a big conversation in itself but um, so th- th- I would start with that small groups do you want to take it to the next Yes. So as Zach said, we always have at least three, um, the Zach and I, and then one other very highly trained uh, person helping us out, uh, whether that be a, a student or, um, or a partner, as he said. So we have someone who's, who's able to hold the space, and then we have several people who are able to actually go out into the ceremony space and do work with you. Um, so that could be helping you to clear some energy. Uh, it could be helping you walk to the bathroom. Um, but uh, you are in a very tight container, and you are very safe in this container. Yeah, and we also we also do things like we make sure. I mean, this this may for us it's very obvious, but for some people who are new to ayahuasca. It may be a question. Um, you know, we don't let any we don't let anyone from the outside come in. The the space, the retreat space itself is. We've got a guardian or a guard, a night guard who keeps an eye on everything, and no one no one from the outside can get in. It's locked. It's locked. We we make sure that anyone in the and one of the guidelines that we're really uh, sticklers about is we do not let people take off during ceremony, particularly during ceremony. Like you you see the. You are either in your retreat, or I'm sorry, your ceremony space in the circle, or you're in the bathroom. Those are the only two places uh, you should be. And if you're not, then we will find you and make sure. And we know. <laughs> yeah, and we know. Um, even though it's dark, <laughs> we will find you. Um, and this is all uh, part of the the, the, the safety protocol. Um, and we we keep track of everyone throughout the retreat. Um, uh, so that, you know, again, it, it goes back to smaller groups being, this is why we do it. I mean, we, we could handle bigger groups if we wanted to, but we really want to provide a higher level of, of uh, safety and, and personal attention. Um, we, you know, we do vetting, uh, you know, asking about one's um, physical, you know, if they have any uh, long-term diseases, our ailments or conditions uh, to make sure there aren't any contraindications there. We also want to know about uh, mental health issues and medications. Um, again, make sure there's any contra- contraindications. And we talk to you. And the idea when we talk to you is to make sure that you, the person is stable, healthy, and uh, we can work together. You know, it's really important when one looks at doing ayahuasca in my opinion, that, hey, I like this person who's who's facilitating. If I don't like or understand or don't feel like I can relate to them, then it's probably not a good fit. Um, you know, it, it, what's the vibe coming from the facilitators? Uh, do I resonate with that vibe? And, um, you know, all this plays into safety, you know, because there has to be a certain amount of trust for between the guest and the facilitators um, to make it a safe situation so that, you know, going through a rough time, the, the, the guest has to be able to uh, listen to and follow instructions um, because of that trust. Um, 
we can we can take it a little further um, on safety in terms of uh, can we talk a little bit about Guatemala yeah. uh, as it relates to us because Guatemala has a pretty uh, it, it's an unknown Central American country for a lot of people uh, or a forgotten Central American country I should say it has a history of civil war and all this sort of thing it is um, particularly Lake Atitlan Antigua. Uh, and most of Guatemala City is safe for travel. Um, you know, Guatemala City is a big city. It's going to have bad neighborhoods. But if you're if you're staying in the hotel area, uh, it is largely safe. Um, you go into the bad neighborhood, yeah. <laughs> it's dangerous. Uh, like bad, anywhere. Like anywhere. And people forget that, like in the United States, I think there are They've got three of the uh, the most dangerous cities in the world of the top twenty most dangerous cities in the world, and Chicago and Detroit and all these places, um, and no one thinks twice about going there. Um, but then, and just Guatemala in general is still a developing country. You want to keep your wits about you um, in terms of you know don't go down a dark alley at night. Don't if you're a woman, don't go walking on your on your on your own at night in strange neighborhoods and that sort of thing. But in general, it's, it's a very, very, we wouldn't have moved our entire family here if it weren't, uh, didn't have a certain level of safety. Yes. Agreed. So, so that brings us to what? Number four. Bad trip. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Bad trip. Um, I think the old, Timers in the psychedelic world, uh, Timothy Leary, um, Richard Alpert, all these guys, um, said that, you know, ultimately there is no such thing as a bad trip with a psychedelic. You have challenging experiences, and through that challenge, we can learn a shit ton. Um, now, I don't want to lump ayahuasca into the other psychedelics, but <clears throat> this this is definitely uh, apropos, and uh, we'll would like to expand upon it. The I want to, I want to tell a story about um, a guest that we had down in the jungle at my camp um, down in the jungle several years ago in the jungle of Peru. Um, he was a brilliant guy very accomplished meditator and he was he was doing quite well during the retreat and he was in group circle with us and he was sharing and he said hey you know i got a message from ayahuasca and generally we, we kind of question these messages from ayahuasca for new, from newcomers but it was a very astute message and ayahuasca was like hey we need to be very very careful about what we say about ayahuasca because essentially any negative emotion, experience, vision, what have you, in an ayahuasca experience is not ayahuasca, but it's you, the participant. It's because what ayahuasca doing is doing is bringing this gunk to the surface to be released to that we're holding on to these are all things that we're we're holding on to uh, past traumas past uh, 
or emotions that we've been pushing down, you know, things like anger, frustration, fear, all these things that have been just hiding out under the surface and, and causing us problems in life. Um, ayahuasca brings to the surface and what she's trying to do, ayahuasca in our direct experience over a long time, ayahuasca is unconditional love. And she wants to have a direct experience with you um, such that, again, there's that unconditional love going on and she can also connect us with the divine. However, if we have a bunch of gunk in the way, she needs to clean that stuff out. And that cleaning process requires us to look at, sometimes take, oftentimes take responsibility for, accept, fully experience to release it such that she can remove, it can be shed or removed, however you want to, however you want to, you want to phrase that. And then once that work is done, then you, we can have a direct experience. And she doesn't necessarily do it all at once. Uh, she has, she, Ayahuasca, has this amazing ability to size up a person and go, okay, this person can handle this. Um, maybe it's all in one night. One, sometimes it's spread throughout the week. And, you know, it, it's, we, we refuse to predict how that's going to happen because <laughs> if we predict, she'll make us a liar. Um, but that said, it's you know, time and time again, it's, it, it is that process of those tough, tough things that come to the surface, those scary things that come to the surface are our, our, our own stuff coming to the surface to be, to be let go. And, you know, on kind of on a safety note, too, if you're going through a challenging time, and we, we say this in orientation, it's great if you can work through it on your own. Mm. But we are there to help you, too, through, through the challenging experiences. And we have lots of tools to help you move through that energy and uh, help you breathe through that experience. And uh, no matter what, on the other side of it, it's going to be a clearer um, more beautiful, more authentic you. Yeah. So um, yeah. I like to borrow a, a phrase from from Tom Kenyon. He calls uh, bad trips or uh, challenging experiences. He calls them FGOs, fucking growth opportunities. <laughs> um, I, I would I would also like on the point of safety uh, to point to to bring up, you know. Ayahuasca has this reputation uh, as being this kind of a magic bullet cure-all for a lot of things like trauma, PTSD, and so forth. And I would argue, in things like addiction too, now I would argue that that's not entirely true. There is, uh, in some cases where there's a significant deep trauma uh, or addiction, um, or mental mental illness, mental illness um, beyond just uh, beyond um, say depression, and even some extreme forms of depression, anxiety. Ayahuasca is not appropriate for that. And what is often um, prescribed by shamans in the jungle with someone who has these um, really deep traumas, uh, mental illness. PTSD, uh, extreme depression is uh, the prescription is often the dieta, which does not involve ayahuasca. 
They do this dieta with um, specific plants, depending on the ailment, depending on the situation. And it's non-psychoactive, and it goes through and cleans this stuff out. And then maybe at the end, they might do uh, ayahuasca. So, yeah, the the idea that ayahuasca is a is a, a a cure or magic bullet for these ailments, I, I think has has been blown out of proportion, and we need to be very very careful with that. And and as it come as it relates to um, addiction, frankly. Iboga, which is another plant medicine from Africa, is much better for addiction than ayahuasca. Um, and in fact, we, we don't take on addiction, uh, people who are working with addiction uh, as guests, because it just, it, it rec- working with ayahuasca, it can be done, but it takes a long time, a lot of ceremonies, lots of shamanic dietas, and we do not have the infrastructure for that. And so we often tell people, well, go, go to check out Iboga. Yes, it's, it's more expensive uh, uh, than our retreats, but worth it. <laughs> it's worth I mean, it's, it's, it's the appropriate medicine for the, the situation. You're going to waste money with, with, with ayahuasca working with addiction unless you're going willing to put in. There's some center down in Peru where they spend, I want to say, six months working with addiction but that may be maybe it's only six weeks i don't know but it's a long time on that note too with the with the challenging experiences and the fgos (laughs) (laughs) um the magic bullet uh no matter who you are or what you're working with you have to meet the medicine halfway it's not going to be the cure-all for you or, or any kind of magic bullet you you the the medicine will come and do work and you meet the medicine and you you work by allowing yeah. the medicine to do what it's doing allowing the negative uh, and challenging things to come up and be released yeah. that is the work yeah yeah I mean it's it's literally letting go yes letting go opening up relaxing which is like, well, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? Well, essentially nothing, and literally nothing. The problem is, as humans, we have find it very difficult to do nothing. We're, we're always trying to figure it out. We're always trying to fight, resist, da, da, da. and as soon as we stop doing that, that's it, poof. And, and it takes a lot, oftentimes, not always, oftentimes it takes a lot of work to get to that point. Therein lies the work. Yes, it's very counterintuitive, but... So very true. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Moving on to number three. Uh, energies and thoughts of other people. Ah. So. I, I will let you take this this one. Yeah. You do a very good job. Uh, well, ayahuasca was originally known as telepathy. And as a group, you most likely will have experiences of of energies in the room that you don't recognize as coming from you, or uh, maybe even the thoughts and visions of other people in the circle. Uh, or shared experiences. Or shared experiences. And uh, my thought on this is that as we come together as a group and share the ceremony experience together, ayahuasca is so intelligent. She actually cultivates groups of people that are all working on similar things or can help heal each other. So in essence, anything that comes into the circle from, from you or from other people, it's, it's yours. It's ours. It's yeah. ours to work through uh, as a group in a, in a group process. 
Um, and it's really actually a beautiful thing. So someone may have a big emotional release. Let's say, let's say it's a sadness uh-huh. that, that they're letting go of or fully feeling. And that energy is going to rise and kind of hover and resonate in the room. So all emotions have like a vibrational signature. And everyone in the room who has something that resonates at a similar vibrational signature is going to have the experience of that and have it have it come up to the surface and then possibly be released and liberated so it's really a gift when we when we get these experiences and energies from other people and also not to worry that any energies or thoughts or, or things that you experience from other people in ceremony are going to stick to you or go yeah. home with you because that's our job yeah. to make sure those things get cleared out and, and are not sticking to you. Yeah. So that's not a concern. Well, so in, to, to take that a little bit further. So if you can imagine um, the medicine, ayahuasca is pushing stuff out. So it's this constant cleaning, pushing outward from your physical and energetic body. And then we as facilitators are cleaning out the room and with the recognition that the energies as they were being released are going to do this hovering and um, resonating but the and so that resonate it's almost like that energy that's hovering is like a magnet pulling the energy that might resonate in another individual to the surface to be released so there isn't a a lot of there isn't a going in rather it's just it's pulling out um and again it's it's a huge gift when uh albeit sometimes uncomfortable if it's something uh, like anger or fear and, and this sort of thing um and there, again we we found that there are the ayahuasca coordinate not coordinates but cultivates groups um with certain themes in them like we've we've definitely had situations where a, a large number of female participants show up and a lot of them having past sexual trauma and it's like whoa this is interesting there's a, there's a theme going on here and they they all got to work through it together and they helped helped each other out through this process um we also had a, a theme of anger come through and, and and it was great because people stepped up and said, yeah, I've got issues with anger and, and I'm working through these, these things in ceremony. And we had multiple people in that group. So, you know, really, really interesting uh, how uh, yeah, ayahuasca does that. And uh, um, yes, we are, it is a shared experience and that's, and there's a lot of value in that. Uh, at the same time, it's, it's, it's a safe uh, space to share that experience. Yes. All right, number two, entities. 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 One of the weird and exciting things we get to we get to experience in ayahuasca. Yeah, and can I? I, I think a lot of people from the West want to know, like, well, are these entities real, or are they just my imagination, or da 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 da? And frankly, I'll take a. A, a, a tagline I read somewhere on a Facebook meeting somewhere. It's like, it it ultimately doesn't matter because at the end of the day, that experience, did you gain some new insight? Did you gain some 
uh, a new way of being that is, that is helpful by interacting with whatever vision or entity or what have you, we could, you know, it's it's a standard Western reductionist approach to go, well, I need to know if this is real or not. Um, and, you know, we can, we can talk out both sides of our mouth and say, yeah, I've had direct experience with ayahuasca. I have a direct experience with Jesus Christ. I've had direct experience with Ganesh and Shiva and Buddha on down the line and Dr. Sitos, which we'll get into in a second. Um, and I can look at it from the more say buddhist perspective of well it's all in my it's all in my head and that's okay because everything is in my head (laughs) (laughs) everything i'm seeing is based on (coughs) construction in my head and and we can we can uh, a little less skilled in the western psych psych, uh, psychological perspective but it's kind of similar to the buddhist perspective which like yeah i mean this is a construct or it's all in the head and and we're making it up and if you take that out further again we're making everything up you know for creating our explosion of energy with form Yeah. yeah and perhaps a personality yeah um so yeah it's it's both real and in your mind yeah as is everything else. Indeed. Indeed. And, and that's something that people, we can also talk about them being entities or energies. Yes. Because entities would be more anthropomorphic and energies being more non-dual. Uh, the, the human mind likes to attach or categorize Oh, it looked like an elephant, or it looked like a snake, or it looked like uh, Jesus Christ, or what ha- it looked like a uh, um, a human being of some sort. Uh, we the mind likes to do that, and at the same time, they can be looked at as sometimes the visions are just geometric shapes and patterns, and they're things, but you can't really describe what they are. Um, and that's more of the non-dual side of things where it's like, it's not anthropomorphized. It's a hard word. Um, so we, we can talk out, we can speak in different languages about it, uh, but ultimately it's, it's well, was it helpful? Did, it, did you learn something? Did you learn something about yourself? Did you learn something about life? Did you learn something about the universe, so to speak? Right. And that said, there are some repeat and shared um, experiences of various entities that we'll get into here. Um, Sometimes people see very tall, dark, uh, sort of imposing figures on the perimeter Mm. of our ceremony space. And uh, if you don't know what those are, it can be a little bit scary. Um, Those are trees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So our lineage is um, a lineage of paleros, which means that we work with tree spirits. And at the very beginning of ceremony, when you sit with us uh, multiple times, you'll notice we the very first opening of ceremony is is the same, uh, pretty much every time. We have some protection ikaros that we sing primarily, and then we start calling in the trees, the trees that that come and, and ask to sort of, present themselves to be called in as protection. And uh, we surround the space, line the perimeter with the protective aspect of the trees, which can be a little scary looking if you see it. Yeah, they're kind of like the way, uh, after talking extensively about the subject with my teacher, they're kind of like cops. You know, they're, 
they're they're badass guys. You don't you want them around for protection. You don't want to interact with them a huge amount. Um, and, and and this is just the protective cop-like aspect of trees. Trees trees have both a, a much more warm and, and fun and uh, interactive aspect to them, but then there's this, this other side that are, are kind of like the cops or guardians. Um, and they need to be warrior cop-like uh Entities, if you will, and uh, you know, so that 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 uh, can be something uh, that is concerning to some people. But we're like, no, 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 they're cool. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, yeah. Another one is uh, the Doctor Citos. Yeah, uh, yeah, Doctor Citos. Yay, we're not Citos. the only ones who have talked about Doctor Citos on a podcast. I think uh, Aubrey Marcus has brought him oh. up a few times. Um, these are helper spirits who will show up and start doing what uh, it's disconcerting <laughs> at first but cool once you get to know them um they, they do surgery on us it's pretty crazy um do you want to talk about it a little bit jess sure well they, they can show up in so many different kinds of ways uh they may look like aliens you may actually see them doing surgery on your body it's it's not a painful experience 99% of the time yep. um, but you may actually see them doing work on you or you may just feel it um, they can show up as like little elves or gnomes um, with like machinery um, I've had just the machines show up yeah. for for myself personally like a laser gun shooting yeah. energy into my lymph nodes um, I've had a, a beautiful dangling spinning heart float over my heart and stick uh stick tubes in there and suck stuff out and it's it's really amazing um it's always a good thing yeah yeah it's it's like i said disconcerting but um generally doesn't hurt i mean if, if one has an old injury uh, one can kind of feel maybe some uh, pain come back as she's cleaning stuff out or as the doctor's teachers are cleaning it out. Um, the only time it's, uh, I, I've, I've had a new pathway in my ear opened up and that hurt a little bit. Um, other than that, it's, it's, it's generally not, not painful. Um, and it's once you realize what's going on, you're like, oh, cool. I mean, they'll go. You hear the sucking. Yeah, the sounds. The sounds. Crazy. Um, you'll you'll feel, might feel some pressure at wherever they're working. Um, you might feel them adjusting. Like I've had them come through in my my brain and kind of readjust things there. Um, but it's pretty pretty damn cool. Yeah, yeah. You know? So you you can feel it, but it's uh, and hear it a lot of times, but yeah. it's not. Uh, yeah. yeah. If they ask you, and a lot of times the, the entities will actually come and ask you if they can work on you, it's really a good idea to say yes. yes. You, you, yes. you want that. Um, what they do is amazing. And uh, visitations from the Dr. Citos uh, are always a blessing. Yes. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> well, that brings us to number one. What's the biggest concern for those who are considering an ayahuasca retreat? Pooping. Pooping. Am I going to shit my <laughs> pants? Do I need to bring an adult diaper? And this is actually something when I went down to Peru for the very first time 10 years, 10 now, getting up to 11 years ago. Um, yeah, I literally had conversations with my friend who went down with me 
do we need to bring adult diapers? <laughs> <laughs> I love to tell the story too of when my dad first did oh, yeah. uh, his first ceremony. I, I told him something we say a lot, which is never trust an ayahuasca fart. Yeah. And uh, he packed every pair of underwear that he owned and ran down. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, hilarious. And yeah, he was happy that he didn't. You know, it, it, to, to cut to the chase, um, the chances of, it, it, while it's possible, um, the chances of uh, pooping one's pants is very slim. And in fact, in my entire career, I've only seen it twice, and it was always in Peru. Um, did we? We haven't seen it anywhere else. Definitely no, not here. Well, no, but not that anyone's told us about it. That's anyway. that's, that's true. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so the the chances. I mean, the chances of it happening are super slim. Not to be, not to worry about it. Um, if it happens during one of our retreats and you know, one of our ceremonies, we will help that person to the shower, help clean them up, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's not the end of the world. Um, no big deal. No big deal. Uh, so, but that said, we, we do reiterate on, on a regular occasion, do not trust an ayahuasca fart. If you have to fart or you feel a <laughs> fart or feel like you're not sure, it's a dangerous game to to let it rip uh, so just go to the bathroom and, and see what happens um i have a personal story where um i it, it was after ceremony and it, i was in the jungle in peru and uh my hut um i, I it was in the middle of the night and my i had to go pee and it was so hot i was naked so i just wrapped thank god i just wrapped a towel around me uh to go out to go pee and um as many of you know, but may forget, your pee muscles are attached to your poop muscles. And so I was standing on the, the walkway and peeing, and about halfway through, whoosh! <laughs> and I'm like, oh no! <laughs> um, and again, luckily, you know, I essentially shit everywhere. Um, and again, luckily, I, uh, I had just a towel, and that towel, as I was peeing around, my, was around my neck. So I didn't have to clean up... Uh, my underwear or anything like that. Um, it was a very simple waddle over to the shower and cleaned and cleaned up that way, and then washed off the deck, and, and everything was pretty pretty clear. Um, so I I have technically uh, shat myself due to ayahuasca, but that uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, just one time in, in so many yeah. ceremonies, right? And it has yet to happen to me, although I've been promised at some point it will. Oh. It, it almost did during a meditation one time, which was... Uh, right, pre-ceremony meditation. Yeah, pre-ceremony. Well, the, the first... Yeah. Yeah, the first, first meditation and as we open up ceremony. And uh, I was I was clinching pretty hard. It's hard to guide a meditation and clinch like that. <laughs> I was really glad I made it through. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> um, we should talk about the star system. Oh yeah, the star system is important. The, the star system actually came from uh, or started from the first retreat center that I went to as a guest way back you know, uh, in the very, like I said, the very first time. And they had a star system, which we adopted. Um, the gold star is when you're sitting on the toilet puking, because every toilet has a bucket in it. So, um, or next to it. Or next to it. Um, and so you're puking at the same time as shitting. That's a gold star. Platinum star is um, when you 
shit your pants in ceremony. Um, those were the original stars. Now, subsequently, there's been a, a new iteration called the Crystal Star. And I don't think this will ever happen again, but this did happen. Um, the guy goes into the toilet, pukes in the bucket, puts the bucket down, and then passes out on the toilet so that the during the temporarily I mean he kicks the bucket up so it lands into his the puke into his shorts <laughs> I go in and check on him he comes he comes he's totally fine he uh, it was just a short uh, loss of consciousness um and um he doesn't real he finishes taking his poop doesn't realize that he just dumped all this puke into his shorts and he pulls up his shorts <laughs> And goes, oh no! <laughs> and yeah, luckily, luckily in that uh, that context, uh, he had a fresh pair of pants. We just cleaned them up real quick, and it was it was no no big deal. Uh, funny story, and we call that the Crystal Star, and uh, that's pretty much a unicorn event, but a good story. Great uh, nonetheless, story. A great it's story. It's funny every yeah. time. Yes, indeed. So that you know. I think that, that wraps up the top 10 concerns that we, we come across. Obviously, there, there are more questions that people have for us. And in fact, you can uh, feel free to reach out to us at info at ayahuascafamily.com as our email if you do have questions about ayahuasca that you'd like us to answer. Uh, if you like our content, um, feel free to subscribe, either SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. Uh, feel free to give us a, a review about our, our podcast. And if you like our um, our style, so to speak, in terms of these podcasts, and you have interest in coming on retreat with us, it'd uh, be great to have you. You can find um, all the information at ayahuascafamily.com. And again, info at ayahuascafamily.com is our email. So anything else, honey? Thank you for taking the time and tuning in and listening to what we have to say. Cool. Until next time, talk to you later.